What an awesome November in Payne County, America. People around the world wish they were they were here, really. Uh, people in Tulsa, people in Tulsa, you know, I go to Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Dallas, out raising money, and they're like, Payne County sounds awesome. I was like, y'all should come here on vacation. Every day. I'm surprised there's not enough VRBOs or whatever those little hostels or something like BBDs? that. BBDs? BBDs? Brookside by Days? Oh. Belvin DeVoe? Oh, yeah. Now you know. Well, okay. welcome to Payne County, everybody. Father Kerry Wakulich, pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center, here on the line with my amigo and also the other pastor in town, Father Brian O'Brien. Buenos dias a todos mis amigos. Wow. En el condado de Payne. In the Cordado, de, that's Condado, Payne Con, County. Con, Condado is yeah. County. Condado. Yeah. I don't know that word. I know it now. <laughs> you know, what? it's a uh, it's a it's a great uh, great time to be alive here in Payne County. One because uh, it is uh, <coughs> it's Christ the King weekend, and it's also the Nativity of <laughs> <laughs> the Nativity of Brian O'Brien. Wow. Did you expect the word nativity ever to be used before I your didn't. name? I didn't. Usually you just hear that only uh, associated with... John the Baptist and Jesus. And our Lord and Mary. Uh, okay. And now you. Wow. The nativity... Really, most importantly, so November November 22nd uh, is uh, in the church's liturgical calendar. This year is, is Christ the King Sunday. And normally is the memorial of St. Cecilia, Virgin and Martyr. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Is it really? Yep. Most people in the United States, uh, however, associate it with the day that John F. Kennedy got shot. November 22nd, 1963. Was he? But really? I was born on November 22nd, 1975. Thus redeeming the day for all humanity. No, I'm just kidding. What? Yeah. Kennedy, I didn't realize Kennedy was killed on November 22nd, Christ 1963. the King. No, I mean, I, it wasn't. Christ the King moves. Oh, Christ the King's Ooh. not always on the twenty second, but sometimes. But sometimes, it and is. sometimes Thanksgiving is on. On the twenty second. When I was a uh, when I was a when I was a when I was a lad when I was a wee lad when I was a boy, uh, there's a little of uh, a little of uh, story uh, of lore in my in my family, when uh, my birthday was on Thanksgiving, and I didn't like that when I was a kid, uh, because, because it got. Yeah, all you people who have, you know, Christmas Overshadowed, yeah, totally yeah. overshadowed. Right. right. Um, and so I, I made like sort of an announcement at um, at Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner okay. that I hate it when my birthday's on Thanksgiving because mom's always in a bad mood and the turkey's always dry. <laughs> and <laughs> depends on who you ask in the family, but rumor was that I, that, it made my mom cry. Well, who who in the family does your dad say you made your mother cry? And I go to. Uh, your I don't know. If my birthday? dad would say that. I think my my brother Andy, who uh, historically uh, Andy and I have had a uh, not anymore, but when we were uh, boys, uh, I would I would call our our uh, relationship adversarial. <laughs> the stories, times, despite sharing a room. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. So it would fall on. Uh, on occasionally, it would fall on uh, Christ the King. On no, on Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Now, if it falls on Christ the King, should uh, we like parade you around in like a sort of a king hat and maybe a 
We'll get a well, so like the parading. Yeah. We'll get one of those, what the Magna Copas or something. No, like that. it's oh. a wonderful opportunity uh, to uh, you could say, "Hey, happy birthday, Father O'Brien," and then quickly uh, turn your attention back to uh, Christ the King. Okay, and the beautiful readings of the Mass. Um, yes, or Saint Cecilia. Shoot, that's a great Saint Cecilia. Look her up. That'll There's a fantastic group of saints. Like the first two weeks of November yeah. are jam-packed. The saints, I just, it just, I mean, the other day, what did we, we had like Leo the Leo the 13th. Leo. Martin uh, of Tours. I mean, huh? Martin on. de Porres. Yeah. St. John Lateran, he was awesome. On that day, I, I'm just kidding. I started my homily with, happy feast of St. John Lateran. St. John Who's, Lateran, pray for us. So it's not a per- just so you know it's not a per- Saint John Lateran is not a person it's the name of a church Saint John San Giovanni and Laterino it's the or Cathedral of Rome it's the parish church of the people of God it's the Pope's church the Pope's church but anyway we digress okay wh- um, Christ the King let's talk about this I have a special place in my heart for Christ the King one because it was my first assignment as a priest was Christ the King Catholic Church Tulsa Oklahoma fifteen twenty South Rockford uh. And that was really, for me, kind of an intro, the first introduction to, like, wow, there's this solemnity that we celebrate every year, which, which marks the end of the liturgical year. So you have Christ King Sunday, and then the very next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, a Correct. new liturgical year. So it's a big deal, but it hasn't always been around. That's kind of the interesting thing. So the church, you know, we're always making new saints, but then there's also kind of new... New feasts and memorials and solemnities that make their way into the church's liturgical calendar, but for very specific reasons. So Christ the King has actually, Christ the King Sunday has only been around since really the 20, the 19... 25 is when... The nineteen twenty. Uh, the 1920s. Yeah. yeah, 1925 is when it was probably... We're currently in the 20s. The 2020s. The 2020s. So the, we're coming up on the like 90th Ooh. anniversary of it. Uh, so have, what, 1925? Okay, well, so... That, well, 1925 is when the document Quas Primas was written oh. that talks who about... Who was Pope? Who, who, um, what Pope are we talking about? Uh, Pius... It's not Pio No, no. Hold on. It's not Pius the 10th. It's Pius the 11th. Okay, Pius the 11th. Because okay. if I, I was about to say Pius the 11th, and I was like, no, Pius the 10th So was, I think he started... So he started in 1925. Yeah, because it's... With uh, this document. Yeah, Quas Primas... What does that mean? Um, I don't know what Quas means, but Primas means first... Oh, <laughs> I got in the, in the yeah in the first in the first the first of its kind. Usually, papal documents. Side note, pay, uh, Catholic trivia: papal doc documents typically go by the title of whatever the first couple words of it are, like Rerum Novarum yeah. on the new Evangelium things. Vitae, the Gospel of Life. You know, Humanae Vitae. Yeah, on okay. human life. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, side and quas primus. Okay. So, uh, so the, yeah, so this solemnity. You know, if you run into someone who's uh, you know, 110 years old. They didn't have this when they were kids. <laughs> um, but generally, all of us have had this our whole life, so we kind of take it for granted. But it has not always been around. Just like so Divine it, Mercy Sunday. Like has- Divine Mercy Sunday. Yeah, that's very that's very new. Um, so why? Why? What? What's the deal? Why Christ? Why can't we just? Why can't we just celebrate Jesus? Why do we have to? Why do we got to give them right, the right. title Christ the King? What's I, up? I like it when the the, uh, the church slips in these things of of great importance because I, I think it one it, it reminds us uh, of who Jesus is. 
I mean, he is Lord. Yes. He is Savior. Yes. He is also King. Prince of Peace. Yeah, he's Prince of Peace. He's King. If Lamb you ever been, of God. If you've ever been to Christ the King in, in Tulsa. I have. Okay, they did a renovation of My it. My first Mass as a priest was celebrated there. So Bishop Muggenberg, when he was when we lived there, he started doing a renovation. He restored the altar back to its place mm-hmm. and put the tabernacle back. I love back. it. I love it. And then he put it back in the way it was supposed to be. Like there's a cross on top of the tabernacle that stands in front of the icon of Christ the King, but it has like Christ the King standing on this red stuff, which is apparently fire. Like oh. he's going to come to judge the living and the dead by fire. Uh, but he's got his orb in his hand and his scepter. Like he has all the kind of characteristics of a great king. And then the cross there Ooh. in front of it, yes, is to uh, Bishop Muggenberg told us he said that the cross is there to remind you that his mercy and his justice um, are, are are there for us. Like we look at his justice through the mercy of the cross. We see like he is indeed going to cast fire upon the world and oh, how he wishes it was already, already burning. Already uh, blazing. Blazing. Yeah, yeah. And we look at him through this great mercy of the cross. <clears throat> so one, one is is that, like the understanding scripturally, but also who he is as um, as Messiah, as king. That when, like, like for example, at the beginning of the gospel of Matthew, it goes through the genealogy. Do, do, which no one likes to read the genealogy. You know, I think during Christmas time. This any, person begat that person. Yeah, yeah. There's all those names and people like, uh, every person who reads is like, okay, I just have to make sure if I mispronounce the first name, I get the second name mispronounced to the same one. Kim Josephat. I don't think Josephat is in there. No? He's a saint this month. The Thief of Souls of... Joseph. All right. Well, we'll have to fact check you on that one. Go look it up while I'm talking. So, they, so there's that whole list, like at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, and and I, I was reading Scott Hahn one time, like years ago, and he he was describing why that genealogy was there, and he he talked about like the three, the three groups. Yeah, three, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. You said Josephat. Josephat's a saint. Solomon, Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa. Jehoshaphat. Okay. Yep. And so Scott Hahn said, the reason why these three groups of 14 are there is three is what? Three is the number for what? Like perfection. It's the loneliest number? The, it, <laughs> one is the loneliest number. Oh, one number. is the loneliest number. And okay. then 14 is the number for David. So 14 generations. So the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew is telling you uh-huh. the perfection of King David has arrived. This is the new David. Get ready for him. And then it goes through and it's like, you know, um, the three kings show up and said, we're looking for the newborn king of the Jews. And they say, well, you got to go to Bethlehem, which is the town of David. So the title, yeah, king is not new. The title is king is not new because then when he rides in into, is that in the gospel of Luke when he rides into the city of Jerusalem? He rides in on a donkey, which is the same thing that David, um, the symbol of David, David rode in to Jerusalem on a donkey and they said, Hosanna to the son of David or like um, a blind Bartimaeus. He says, um, he, he yells out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Yeah. So throughout the scriptures, there's this reminder that Jesus is Lord. He's Messiah. He is he's judge of the living and the dead. He's also king. 
So that, so then that makes us start to think about like who we have a relationship with, like uh, who we are as sons and daughters of the King. And I think the second Vatican council talked about that. Like not only are we priests, but we are oh priests, prophets and kings, kings. priests, yeah. prophets and kings. So it's interesting because I think sometimes if you're a, you know, a student of history um, or even like, even like sort of fictional novels and so, like, Many, most, many, many, many times, kings are not people to be admired. No, and I think it's it's similar to uh, a little digression, but similar to like people who don't have like really strong father figures in their life, and we're trying to say, you know, no, God is your father. Like God, you know, love, allow the Lord to love you like a father, and if somebody hasn't had a father's love in their life that that there's a there's a disconnect there and i think sometimes it can be that way with with a king like jesus is king but kings are tyrants kings what about king saint henry the ninth king, no but i mean so there so that the church holds king up. louis king louis the ninth king henry and if you go to christ the king in tulsa and you on on one side they have the their the uh king edward the confessor edward the confessor wenceslas uh, what about Henry, Napoleon? Napoleon, Saint Louis, Saint Napoleon Louis, King Louis of, of France. France, not Napoleon. He, oh. Napoleon did not make the list. What about the English? What about the English modern kings uh, of the last thirty years? Nah, uh, princes, no, maybe they will. Queens? Maybe they mm. they're in need of conversion. Oh yes, so am I. Um, so there can be that disconnect of like kings are kings are tyrants. Kings are, but we're talking about a, benev- a benevolent king, a king who who loves, a king who died for his. Subjects, yeah, hands out, so hands out his treasures, yeah, different, hands out, different kind of king. Like that's what I, I love. A uh, like um, the uh, the beginning of the Gospel of John. It's when the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it gets down to this line that he he came into the world to scatter the darkness, that the darkness not over, to also hand out his power. Mm. It, it's a line that I heard the other day, and I was like. We're going to use that for our Christmas readings. It's, the, it's hands, the readings for Christmas Mass at dawn. Whoa. The Gospel is John 1. In the beginning was the Word. I want that Mass. We're doing it at all the Masses. Oh, dang it. I want yeah. that Mass. I want all of them. You you can celebrate. You can't. It's my parish. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get the wheels going again. So okay. kings. Yeah. Kings. Yeah. Because we, we, we have these rulers that sort of come into power and bring their own agendas. And I think that's what, um, when uh, Pius XI, what he saw going on in Europe at the time, because 1920, um, August, uh, it was like August 13th, 1920, is the Bolshevik army of Russia, who were this up-and-coming communists, were trying to march west to destroy western europe and i think i think he saw this going on and he said like we, we have lo- we have lost our king how do we king. respond to that how do we yeah, respond yeah. and so there's kind of two i think two two things were at work there there was a growing <clears throat> um like sec- secularism so moving away from religion in general but especially of the true faith of of, of catholicism so that was a wanting to Pius Eleventh wanting to respond to that, and then kind of politically this the idea of like nationalism of just okay. my country and my devotion to my country is more important than my devotion to Christ. That politics, I mean this and this is where it becomes a very recent, comes very relevant to our times, right? I've been preaching over the last month that politics will not save us. 
right? Who, whatever politician you like, whatever party you belong to, like that's one piece of who you are, but it is not the defining piece. It should not define our life that I'm a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or a you know Green Party or whatever. Um, nor should it be that I support this politician or that politician. That should not. That ought not to define us. Um, the fact that Jesus Christ is our King, sovereign King, ought to define us. So that's what Pius XI is pushing forward, which I think was just as relevant in 1925 when he put it forward. I think there's a lot that the solemnity of Christ the King can teach us today of getting our lives in in proper order. What's most important? Wow. Yeah? I, I didn't... I don't know. I, I mean... Uh, it's just a few thoughts. I, I didn't expect you to make it relevant to today because yeah. because I think uh, there's that there's the, oh, that's just some old dude talking from Rome in the 1920s, and that that doesn't... Uh, it's not important. Maybe, uh, maybe a rereading, like you mentioned about history, like a rereading of history of saying... Why? Why would Pius XI promulgate this document at this time? Is is there a need to restore to uh, our vocabulary, and maybe the images we have in our homes, uh, or the um, the the sort of conversation that we have that like Christ needs to be our King? Yeah. Look at look at look at your own life. What what is more important in your life? Than your relationship with Jesus Christ, the King, the news, <clears throat> and so I, I, social my media. Guess is everybody's got something that they're that they are putting ahead of God. Um, lately, okay. that's been a lot of people. You know, uh, I made this argument in my talk at at your at your place. You know that we ought to be Catholics even before we're Americans. That makes Americans nervous. Right, yeah, it does. It does. And so the idea of the kind of these, the, these sort of divided loyalties, but if your country is the most important thing, then you're going to bail on your faith when your faith comes in conflict with the values of your country. Um, you, I mean, you look at, this is the, the most extreme example, but like what, so 1925, Pius XI, you know, recognizes this growing nationalism, the Bolsheviks and such. And then what happens 10, 12 years later in Germany, right? The nationalism. Rise of, nationalism. The rise of... Um, now, should, should one have pride in their country? Yes. Do I salute the American flag? Yes. Do I sing the national... Do I love America? I do. I really do. Um, am I p- proud to be an American? Yes. Am I glad I was born here? Yes. Um, all those things. But those things ought to be secondary to my Catholic faith, to, to Jesus Christ being the center of my life Ooh, and the yeah. king of my heart. But that's hard. That's hard. That's hard to do. But anyway, that's where that's the solemnity of Christ the king. That's what the church is kind of putting right in front of us. Who, who's king? Who's king? Caesar. That was, I mean, that, that's what yes. we had the other day yes. with the coin yeah. and the temple. Like, you know, the guy pulls, Jesus asks him, they're in the temple. And Jesus, they ask him, should we pay to, uh, the tax to Caesar or not? And he says, 
show me the coin. And he pulls out the forbidden, blasphemous, diabolical coin that has Caesar's face on it that's forbidden to be in the temple. And these are the religious leaders that have it. And so it shows it shows us like that we can easily, I think, kind of like we talked about last week about people just like losing, going to mass, that we can just slowly drift in the direction and, and other things uh, become more important. of other things becoming king and reigning over us because that's that's really i think what happens when we have a we have a like an item is king now an item is king then it rules over us it tells us what to do it like you said those cruel kings that have existed in jerks life. yeah Okay. Uh, well, uh, okay. So, Sorry. and also, I think at, at the very root of a, of, a, of the United States, we are. I mean, we've had one king in the United States, and that's King Kamehameha of Hawaii. So that's pretty easy, king, like a <laughs> tropical paradise king. But then, like, we had a, a, a king who was, and there's some debate, you know, like the the kings ruled from England ruled over us and we wanted freedom for from taxes but we were causing the problem because we needed taxes but you know like we were fighting a war and no, they needed we, to, I mean yeah. the beginnings of America were were anti king I yes. mean we yeah we wanted to be free of the king and so then you look at I mean this gets all this gets all constitutional but you look at like the way the founders set up like the three branches of government it was so that there would not be. I mean, and the arguments can be made. I remember learning about this in college. Like arguments can be made that like the executive branch, the president, is is actually the weakest. Um, and that was in response to, and people disagree about that, but that was in response to we're trying to get away from like one guy, sort of having too much power. And so when we make these three branches, let's let's make the president. Let's put a lot of checks, checks <laughs> and balances on the president, and that's what we have. I mean that's where that's Congress, that's the the the, the court system, uh, the legislative and judicial branches, so that you know the kings the the, the king the pre, you know the, the president is not a king. We let's let's keep that in check anyway, and that's kind of, and then presidential power has sort of risen over anyway. We can get on to all that. Okay, real quick, um, let's talk about sort of some images. Let me. I'm just going to throw some things out, and you you talk about. Well, uh, I have no idea what you're about to say. So let's talk about what. Images of a king and, and, and Jesus. Oh, okay. Um, and go. Jesus, uh, kings wear crowns. Yes. Oh, is this a yes or no question? And so, <laughs> so <laughs> how is Jesus, it, Jesus, Christ, Christ the king, but where's his crown? Where's his crown? He, well, he has a crown of thorns. Mm. Uh, they, when they when they goes into the city, they sing his praises uh, as if he is like w- sort of wearing a crown, but his crown is a crown of thorns piercing okay. his skull and his scalp. Uh, kings have thrones. Kings have thrones. Uh, Jesus has a a throne in heaven, one in heaven, but he, he sits also sits at the right hand of the Father. Sits yeah. at the right hand of the Father. Uh, he also has a throne, which the early church fathers would say his throne is the cross. That is where he reigns from with his crown um, and the cross as being uh, as being his his throne of of justice and mercy. Mm. Okay, kings have kingdoms. What? You're just like lobbing these things out me. Uh, the the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ is like 
is in heaven. Yes, eventually. And then he says, you know, throughout the gospels, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. They say the kingdom of of heaven because um, when Matthew wrote those to that gospel to Jew Jewish people, he couldn't say the kingdom of Yahweh. He said that the kingdom of Adonai, kingdom of heaven. So, to, but they're the same. The kingdom of God is both there and not yet. So where does it reign? It reigns in our human hearts as well. So we got the kingdom of God going on in the church where all the treasures of of God are available to us through the sacraments, through Mm. the life of grace. We have access to all these treasures. And then also... That is going on in, in us. We're, we're building the kingdom of God is in your hearts. The kingdom of God is also small, like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is powerful. Uh, it is like that yeast that is sown that then begins to grow. That the kingdom of God is also, or the kingdom of heaven, is beautiful and rich like a vineyard. And that the king also wants everybody in his kingdom because that's why in those parables he sends out those invitations. He says, go to the byways, go to the side roads. He goes out and he individually hires people to be in his kingdom, to work in his vineyard, and he's going to give everybody some the same amount. Some he hires amount. early, some he hires later in the day. Okay, that's me. I have. I feel like... The, um, uh, I feel like kings a, have subjects. Whoa. I don't... I don't have any notes in front of me, so I'm just going no, from. I'm just throwing these out at you. Kings have subjects, so that there are those the the servants, and and the servant's job is to work um, for the king Ooh. to build up his kingdom. Mm. So as um, as Christians, as people of God, as people who are growing in virtue and responding to grace, we are responsible for serving our king Jesus Christ who is asking us to to then respond to the movements of the holy spirit mm, in serving him, him so him that we can be in the kingdom of his father yeah so listen when you come next time you come to mass listen to how often there's kind of these this talk of of a of a kingdom when you read the gospels right you talk, there's this kind of constant talk okay last one oh Maybe no there's other. are you just making these up are you just pulling these out Kings. Have queens, kings have queens. Yeah. So in the um, in the Old Testament, uh, the queen was the mother of the king. So if you go through the the readings, it'll say you know like this queen had this son who was king. So our modern thought is like, oh look, um, a king is a king and queen. They're married, but that's not the way it is in the Old Testament. The queen was the mother of the king, and sat next to him to help the poor Uh so as we go through Uh uh, the scriptures we see that uh too um, because jesus is of the line of david because we heard in the gospel of matthew as i told y'all earlier he is of the line of david in the gospel of matthew and mary is the mother of the king so she is ergo the queen and that's what we talk about like the coronation and the assumption of mary that Mary is assumed into heaven bodily soul. You can go back and listen to that podcast on that Marian dogma. And then she is also queen because if Jesus queen of is all saints, queen of heaven, queen of peace, if Jesus is king in heaven and people are alive in heaven, then Mary is queen in heaven too. Or as they say in Spanish, también. She is Reina de Paz, Reina de Los Angeles. I mean, that's the town of Los Angeles. Nuestra Señora de Los Angeles de Los Santos. Our Lady, Queen of the Angels, Queen of the Saints. Cristo Rey. Yeah. 
Long live Christ the King. Those are the famous words of who? Viva Cristo Jose, Rey! Jose Sanchez de Rio. No, it's also the uh, Viva Cristo Rey is the the words of uh, Blessed Miguel Pro. Oh, yeah. When they're about thing. To, yep. Yeah, when they're about to shoot him. I was and, just talking that's, about that's, that's, the, that's the 1920s. That's the communist right there. That's like... In Mexico, I, oh, yeah. I've never thought of that. Like, he was martyred. Look up. Can you look up real fast and tell me when he was martyred? Because he was martyred right at the same time as this proclamation of Jesus Christ the King is coming out of Rome, and he speaks it We're making to, connections. To, the, to the communists. He was shot November 23rd, 1927. 1927. This was promulgated in, in 1925. <gasps> Whoa. Wow. I told students, I said, you know, when, when things go bad, expect to see priests shot in the streets because that, that's like San Miguel Pro. He gave that proclamation, Vivo Cristo Rey. That was just 100 years ago in Mexico. 100 years ago, they were shooting priests and hunting them down. And his proclamation is, Vivo Cristo Rey. And that, ca- the kid, that caused a revolution in Mexico because they saw the picture, they heard his proclamation, and boom, the communists were run out. So maybe we need to bring it, bringing it, we're bringing it, we're bringing it back, as Pitbull says. I'm going to close oh, with uh, a little line from Pope Francis uh, from 2013, Solemnity of Christ the King. Oh. Pope Francis said, Jesus is the center of creation. And so the attitude demanded of us as true believers is that of recognizing and accepting in our lives the centrality of Jesus Christ Amen. in our thoughts, in our words, and in our works. King of thoughts, words, and works. King of my heart. Jesus king of Christ. love. Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, we hope you have a great solemnity of Christ the King. We Happy birthday. You. Happy birthday, Father O'Brien. Thanks. Peace.